You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade in the industry each, we thought it was about time that we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom so that you can sell more on your online store. So we have audited over 100 online stores, and we know what it takes to have a high-converting e-commerce site. During COVID last year, we decided to support small e-commerce businesses by making a purchase from their online store. This was so fun, uh, but we kept seeing the same opportunities for improvement popping up again and again. So in today's episode, we share the insights we've gained from shopping on over 100 online stores plus our audits. So you can take these insights and improve your own online store. Before we dive in, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and leave a review. It would mean the world to us, plus it will help other online store owners find the information they're looking for. Let's dive in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. When COVID first happened... A lot of businesses, including our students and clients, were feeling a little bit unsure or maybe a lot unsure, overwhelmed and uncertain of what would happen to their businesses and therefore their income and all of their hopes and dreams and everything that they had put into it. So one of the things that we decided to do to commit to support our online store owners was to actually spend with them. So we asked our group of, uh, in our Facebook group, Unstoppable E-Commerce Entrepreneurs, we asked people to share their products on a post in the group. And we then went on a shopping spree. (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) uh, One of our favorite things to do shop. It's all market research, guys. It's all for business purposes, we promise. (laughs) So the the reasons why we wanted to do this, we, we wanted to do this one because we wanted to act really intentionally from a place of support and abundance, not scarcity and fear. And although um, COVID, you know, may seem like uh, a distant memory, hopefully sometime soon, you know, we won't even be thinking about it. But I think um, acting from a place of support and abundance at any time is a really good thing to do. We also knew that that little cha-ching sound would make online store owners do a happy dance, if not do a happy dance in that moment, at least spark a little bit of optimism and confidence. And we also hoped that it would encourage our community to pay it forward and spread the love uh, and just get that abundance flowing by shopping and supporting other small businesses. So we have purchased now from over 100 students. Uh, We always try and uh, shop from them wherever possible uh, in our shopping spree you know we probably um, have purchased from over 100 online stores and what we found was the same opportunities to improve were coming up again and again so what we thought was we would do a little podcast on the things that we found that all of those online stores could improve so that you can use those things to improve your own online store So what Megan's basically said is we love to shop (laughs) and we've shopped from a lot of stores, but she's totally right. Uh, 
a lot of people have the same problems and there's simple things to fix. So we're just going to go over some of them. One of my pet peeves is when you go to a website, phone or mobile, they're the same thing, or desktop. <laughs> and the two options. <laughs> the two options. You jump on and the first thing you get is hit with this big pop-up. It might be a great-looking pop-up. It might have an amazing offer on it. But if you pop up and show me something before I've even had a chance to look at your website, so I'm talking about the ones that aren't timed, the ones that just come up instantly, that drives me nuts. <laughs> and a lot of people, including myself, will leave a store because of that because straight away you've given me a not nice experience. You've got, oh, gosh, you're like... It's like when you walk into a physical store and the shop assistant is like in your face straight away before you've even had a chance to like get your bearings. Can I help you? It's like, no. <laughs> and you might turn and walk away. It's the same kind of thing when someone hits you with a pop-up straight away. So kill the pop-ups is my number one advice. If you really want to use them because they can work for collecting emails and things like that, at least delay them. Give somebody time to walk around your store or look around your online store before you jump in their face. So I like to time them at least a minute before they actually pop up and annoy someone because if someone's been on your site for that long, then they're rather interested. You know, they've been looking at a few products, maybe they're going to purchase and that pop-up might be just what they need to get them over the line to make a purchase. But don't do them straight away, please. <laughs> yeah, and you can use those pop-ups to um, give people a really enticing incentive to give you their information. And so that kind of leads us into our next point is, yes, ask for people's email. That's a really great way to build your list and people are not always going to purchase from you from the very first time that they visit. So it's a great way to follow people up and to remind them uh, that you're there and to really just build that relationship. So you do want to ask for people's emails. However, you do not want to send people away from your site to go and get the thing that you promised. So, for example, let's just say we've, we've got a pop-up or a, something in the footer or something on your homepage that says sign up for $20 off your first offer. Or one of the a really great examples that we saw was from Tribe Skincare um, and it was uh, sign up for a free gift in your next purchase. And so that's really enticing. That is enticing. People will give you their email for that. Something like subscribe for our latest updates is not so enticing. So you want to give people a reason. Yeah, you've got to um, remember every every single website someone's going to is asking for your email. So you've got to make it enticing. Yeah. And if you then give your email over to that site and then they say, thanks, go check your inbox for the code. This probably happened, I don't know, at least 50% of the time. Uh, we're constantly going on about it in our free audits in our group. And so a lot of our students have actually changed this. And I think our students are probably doing a better job than the majority of kind of online stores out there. But a lot of people say, thanks. Go check your inbox for your code. And essentially what you're doing here is sending me away from your store where I have an intention to buy, my purchase intention is high, you're sending me away from your store to my inbox. We never get distracted there, do we? <laughs> my inbox is full 
of other people's offers, other people's emails, other people's uh, incentives to get me to their site. Somebody's already on your website. The purpose of email is to get them onto your website. So why would you send them away from your website when they're on your website to go check their email to get them back to your website? It just makes absolutely no sense. sense. (laughs) It's a little bit of a roundabout way to do it. So if you're going to offer people something to get their email one make it enticing two do not send people away from your website make sure that you give them the code or it's automatically added to their cart or whatever it is on your website i feel like we could just end the episode with those two things <laughs> so pop up means <laughs> is like you could put it in the thank you message so when you're yep. setting a pop up you can have a thank you message so instead of that thank you message saying hey go check your email that thank you message says hey thanks here's your code shop now like make that a call to action and one of the best ones i've actually seen asking for an email and like i don't normally give out my emails Now I'd rather pay an extra 10% than give an email because my email just gets so full, right? So I'm kind of like tightly clipped to my email. I don't really let it go. But I went on to picnic season and they have the most amazing picnic rugs. They're like nearly three meters by three meters. I've asked for one of these for Christmas for my husband. I'm hoping he's been listening. And they have a competition every month to give one away for free. And you put your email in and once you've put it in, you're in every competition like every month. But that to me was super enticing because these mats are around $200. So all of a sudden I give my email and I'm in the draw to win a $200 mat for free. That for me was worth more than getting like $10 off my order or Mm -hmm. something like that. And straight away it sparked me. It's very different. haven't seen that many people doing that. But for them, basically they spend $200 a month or, or their cost price, so even less getting all the emails that people are giving them to enter that competition. So it is a very cost-effective way, I think, for them to collect a lot of emails. And it might even work out cheaper than if they were to give everyone 10% off. You know, they've only got to have a few orders come through and they've lost that money anyway. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a really nice way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. There were some fantastic examples, actually. Like there was PS Unvegan uh, was one of the, uh, they sell like Love vegan hamper that. boxes that one of their, their free, um, their incentive to give you their email was you get some free printables of how much of each food you need to get to get the certain nutrients. So like they had one for protein, one for iron, one for whatever the other things Something are. valuable. And yes. so like it's so relevant to that audience and I act like, and they showed me what they looked like. So they looked really gorgeous. And so I'm going to give my email for that. Tribe Skincare, like I mentioned, they give away or they did. I don't know if they still do, but like it was, um, you enter the code to get like a little sample size thing of something. People love checkout stuff. So like, yeah, be creative. Don't just say like 10% off, boring. Yeah, I think people have become immune to the 10% off, right? It used Mm -hmm. to be amazing. Now it's just like, eh. Yeah, whatever. Same old, (laughs) same old thing. The next thing that's super important with an online store, and we harp on about this, but we harp on about it because it is probably the number one thing that is going to be make or break for your business is the quality of your images. So if you have a dingy, dark image that's kind of like half blurry, makes your product look shit, people are going to assume that your product is shit, right? They're going to look at that and go, Oh, yeah, okay, probably not for me. The exact same product shot beautifully in lovely natural light, uh, showing all the angles. 
is going to get a totally different reaction, even though it's the same product. So product photography is super important. Get behind the camera yourself. If you can't get a good photo, that's the first thing I'd invest in as a photographer to take good product photos. And you need to replace all the sensors. So keep in mind when you walk into a physical brick and mortar store to go shopping, you can pick something up. You can look at it. You can see inside, check the different angles. You can know what it feels like, what it smells like. And those things we don't get through the screen unless you give them to people. So Picnic Seasons, again, is another great example here. They have these picnic baskets, but they have a, like 10 photos of that one basket. Mm-hmm. And you might think, well, that's overkill, but I can see what the zip's like. They zoom in on it so that I know what the quality is like there. They show with the handle up, with the handle down. They show it from the side, from the back, and then they show inside and all the pockets. And then they show lifestyle images, what it's going to look like once I fill it with all my cheese and bickies and bottle of wine. You know and- what, though? They actually don't do that. I want really? to see. Yeah, we- <laughs> they show it like all inside the pockets and everything, but I want to see it with like a breadstick and some wine oh, in there or something. There they go. don't do that. And I think that they're, they're missing a opportunity huge opportunity there. to show me what it looks like with my stuff in it. Yes. So we always recommend that you have product images, which is product only, shown from all angles. If you're selling a bag and you don't show me what it's like on the inside, how am I going to know if there's room for my cards, my phone, everything like that? And then you showed lifestyle images. Lifestyle images are the product in use. So if you sell earrings, for instance, have them on a model so I can tell, are they tiny little studs or are they huge, big statement earrings? Because if you just have them on a white background, there's no way for me to tell that, right? And yes, you can put the dimensions on the side, but it's just not the same as seeing it and visually being able to go, oh, it's that big. If you have something that smells so, mm-hmm. and that smells bad. Something that smells nice, like a candle <laughs> or natural deodorant. That you're selling. Something that yes, smells that you're selling. selling. <laughs> let's get, let's Not get like clear. your two-year-olds because they smell. We don't want that. <laughs> what you need to do, and this is the same for if you've got something that tastes that you can't see, like a protein powder. You need to put photos of the ingredients with that product so we can tell, has it got a beautiful citrus smell? Has it got lavender in there? You know, you can evoke people's senses by just showing a picture of the ingredients and then they can visually and all their little tingly spidey senses start showing them oh oh that's what it's going to smell like and you can kind of smell that in the air because you can see it in the photo so there's always a way to replace some of those senses and give people a really clear idea of what your product's going to be like by using really great and creative uh, product images Mm-hmm. Yep, that's so important. And I actually, we were just talking about this before. I actually purchased a little clutch that I thought would be fantastic to put my phone and keys in. And when it arrived, it didn't even fit my phone. Like it was, it was so small. But in the photos, it kind of looked big. I don't know, maybe because it didn't actually have that point of reference. Like it didn't have someone's hand. And so I got it, and I was like, oh, it's way different <laughs> to what I thought it was. So yeah, it's so important. As is. Instagrammable packaging. So one of the things that we noticed when we, you know, after we did our big shopping spree slash market research slash support uh, project, we started, it was like Christmas, all of these products started (laughs) arriving, all of these packages started arriving at our door. And what was really interesting to notice was the ones that stood out, they made me smile. And so every touch point in your business that you have with your customers is an opportunity to make your customers smile. 
So, and you want to make it a little bit special so that the experience that those customers are having with you are engaging and memorable and shareable. So the reason why we say make it Instagrammable is because if you think about what people want to share on Instagram, regardless of whether they do or not, you want to make it just that little bit special because people are going to remember that. They're going to have a fantastic experience. A lot of time and effort and money goes into getting a purchase, getting someone to come to your site, let alone actually getting them to go through and purchase. We know that you know for every 100 people that come to your store, one, two, or three are actually going to buy. Um, a 3% conversion rate is a fantastic conversion rate for online uh, selling. So that means 97 people are going to leave without selling. That's a lot of as I said, time, effort, money to get people to your site and then to get them to make a purchase, that is not where it ends. So if you're sending out your uh, products in just like a, you know, you just send the product in a bag and you put your invoice slip in with it, it's not really an opportunity to make make me smile. Yeah, you might have an amazing product, but you've kind of left all this opportunity on the table. If you put some beautiful, you know, a handwritten note in there or some of the- People um, mine. I have got like this whole collection of yeah. handwritten notes that came with orders because I'm like, someone took the time to write that. I can't bear to throw it away. And it makes you smile, right? And it's like yeah. all the all the little touches, like even if it's recycled newspaper that somebody has wrapped their, if this is their brand, like if it's their branding as eco and whatever, if they wrap it and tie it with some twine and put a nice little biodegradable star on it or something like makes it memorable, hey? That took them no time, but I feel so special and so like thought. Um, it, it's just like, I feel what considered, I guess, like yeah. they've taken the time to do this for my order. I have gone to a lot of effort to make a purchase from this company and if they just send me like a boring package, it's like, meh, here you go. Like you don't and really care adult, about me We as don't a really get gifts that much these days. Well, so you know, true. it's all about the kids. So when you get something in the mail and you get to like undo the ribbon and take off the tissue and open it, it's like giving yourself a gift, not just like so purchasing <laughs> something. That you paid for. I love yeah. it. <laughs> but that makes me feel so, special. <laughs> it's so true. We want to really evoke emotions. Like everything that we do in sales and marketing is about emotions and getting people to connect with the brand so that they become loyal and they tell their friends. So we had a few examples that were fantastic in, in our um, over 100 stores that we purchased from. And the ones that I can remember put in a handwritten note put in a, I don't know how much are chubba chubs these days, like 50 cents or something. They used to be when I was a kid. I don't know, whatever. They might be a dollar now, but a dollar chubba chub, like those lollipop things. Um, yeah. People- I ordered a gift the other day for or a little hanging for my nursery. And this was on the outside of the brown paper that they'd beautifully wrapped with twine. And this was like a little free gift because it's coming up to Christmas. And it's like a little Christmas decoration. I'm like, how thoughtful is that, that Oh uh, yeah, it just gave me a really good impression. It was the first time buying with that brand, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. Made me feel, made me feel special. Yeah, it does. And so if you can get your 
experience, your product delivery experience, your packaging to be Instagrammable. One, it makes people really connect with you as a brand, but two, it then makes it shareable and Instagrammable and people are going to put it on their Instagram and basically do your marketing for you. So if you think about like a $1 um, Christmas decoration or a lollipop, think about if somebody takes a photo of that and puts it on their Instagram, you have then got that advertising to all of their friends for free. How much are you going to have to spend on Facebook ads and all the things to reach that audience? So you can spend a dollar on a lollipop. (laughs) And the other thing is make sure that your packaging aligns with your customer's values. So we love the Better Packaging Code. There's heaps of, um, you know, fantastic packaging options to really just make sure that that whole experience aligns with your values as a brand. Yeah, I had a packaging fail this morning. So don't like Christmas crackers because of all the plastic, but I love Christmas (laughs) crackers for the fun they have on Christmas Day. So we make our own uh, with brown paper and I collect the toilet rolls and I ordered some of the bangy, snappy bits online and they came in a paper envelope. So I'm like, oh, this is good. Opened it up and they're wrapped in plastic. And I'm like, (laughs) seriously? So you really have to think about who your audience is. And if you're selling something plastic-free, please don't wrap it in plastic. That's hilarious. (laughs) It kind of defeats the purpose. Defeats the whole purpose. And one last thing on packaging for me personally, I'm a really last minute shopper. So Christmas shopping's, (laughs) what are we? It's the 11th of December and I haven't actually started my Christmas shopping really yet. So what I do for a lot of my friends live in different states, my family's in Queensland, I've got people in Melbourne, WA, I will buy from a store and get it sent straight to them and just write like a little gift card. The things that I tend to buy are things that I've bought for myself that came beautifully wrapped that I know it's going to come beautifully wrapped for my friend and I'm not just sending them something in a plastic bag that they're going to open and go, gee, thanks, Karen. (laughs) So I've done that before. I'll get something and it's so beautifully wrapped. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm going to send this to a friend for her birthday or I'm going to send this as a just because because I know that they're going to get that same experience that I did when they go to unwrap it. So it can definitely get you more sales as well. Great point. And one of our clients, Munchkin and Bear, just introduced some gift cards. So you can just tick a little box on the website and say, yes, this is a gift. Um, They send out this beautiful card with it. You can choose what to write on it. And that's something that's so simple just to add to your website that, again, I'm sure I can't be the the only last minute shopper around. But also the convenience factor. Like yeah, if you, yeah. that you're shopping for, say, me in Brisbane and you're in Tassie, like you don't want something to come from. And ship it to Tassie Brisbane and then pay to ship it back to Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you haven't got those gift tags or gift note uh, on your website, there's free plugins that you can get to add it. So definitely recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. And then more techie side is to have your Facebook pixel installed. We harp on about this nearly every episode, uh, but the Facebook pixel is so important to be able to follow people up and show them messaging based on where they're at. And if you haven't got that installed in your website, you're missing out on big opportunities. So of all the people that were auditing, um, there was a lot that didn't have that installed yet. So make sure that you do install the Facebook pixel today so that when you do decide to start using Facebook ads and things like that, you've already got all that juicy data collected and stored from Facebook and you can start using it. Yes. Another one of the kind of more techie things uh, is a to make sure that your online store complies and actually complies to governed uh, law. So exactly 50% of the stores that we 
shopped from did not have a privacy policy on their store. There's a couple of reasons why you need to have a privacy policy. One is that in most countries, it is governed by law. So you have to have a privacy policy on your website for it to actually comply to law. You also need to make sure that you have your terms and conditions on your website. Uh, You need to make sure, and this is not so much uh, governed by law, but you need to uh, have your returns and your shipping policy in your footer so that it helps people uh, get all the information that they need when they're shopping from you. So Shopify have a free privacy policy generator. We'll link up to it in the show notes for you. Uh, We'll also link up to a free terms and conditions and a shipping uh, and a returns policy generator for you in the show notes. Uh, so you can simply like put in your information and generate that, pop it up on your site. There's absolutely no excuse for not having that on there. Yeah, you and don't need to go out and get a lawyer. These ones, it's all you need to get started. So yeah. no excuses. Yeah. And the other reason that people so, need. Google and Facebook and all of those good programs that we love to use all actually scan your website. So Google's whole thing is they want people to have a good experience. So they decide which sites are worthy of being on number one, uh, page one, like of the results, and then which ones deserve to be out on page 10, which no one looks at. And one of the things that they look at along with site speed and quality and all your content is does this website have a privacy policy? And if the answer is no, then you're at the back of the queue. No one's going to find your website on the front page of Google. So if that's important to you and you want a bit of free traffic, um, make sure you get that installed. The other thing is if you're running Facebook ads, uh, every time you set up a new ad, it will scan the URL that you're sending people to just in case it's got nothing to do with what you're actually saying it is. So they have a lot of quality control in that way. So they scan your website and go, oh, no privacy policy. So they'll either stop your ad from running altogether or they'll just make it a lot more expensive for you. So another good reason to make sure that you have got all those things and that you're dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's. And one other legislation that you've just got to be wary of too is things like GDPR. If you're selling to the EU region, there's a lot of spam laws in every country as well. And uh, making sure that when you are collecting emails that you're doing the right things with them and that you are getting permission to on-sell to people. So When we were talking about getting emails before, if you're going to give them a code, that's great. But if you're going to continuously email them and put them on your newsletter, you actually need to tell people that when you collect that email so that you're not spamming them and you can prove that you've got that permission. So another little boring one there, um, but (laughs) super important these days with all of the privacy and safety uh, online. Yeah, and we'll link up to the show in the show notes as well. We've got a whole resource all around complying. Uh, so complying with privacy policy and all of that stuff, all of that fun slash boring stuff and also spam. So we've got a resource that we will link up to you all about how to make sure that you are complying with spam because so many businesses don't. Mm. So we'll link that up for you just to make sure that all your I's are dotted, T's are crossed. <laughs> 
I had to think about it to make sure I said it the right way around. (laughs) Not eyes are crossed. Yep. Um, Although, yeah. So make sure, make sure that that is um, all hunky dory. So then the next thing that, or the last thing that we kind of noticed that a lot of these stores had a a big opportunity uh, to improve was on their focus around repeat purchases. So acquiring new customers is super important for all online store owners. We really want to focus on getting that new customer through the door. But what's equally as important is getting them to come back and purchase again. And so that's why we've, you know, really focused on making sure they have a fantastic experience. And um, But what's also really important to note is that selling to an existing customer is so much easier, quicker, and cheaper cheaper (laughs) than acquiring a new customer. So if you think about, you know, all of that work that you have to do to get a new customer through your door, if you kind of just then forget about them and go back to focusing on getting new customers through your door, you're leaving all of this money on the table to then just get those existing customers to come back and buy from you. So, This is where we want everybody to be sending follow-up communication, to send like when you've made a purchase to say thank you. So to actually just send a simple email to say thank you for your purchase. That makes such a big difference. Or a Facebook ad, yeah. So we've got in one of our other episodes we talk all about using thank you ads in actually spending money on Facebook to send a thank you ad. And I don't know off the top of my head, what kind of return on ad spend do those thank you ads get? At least 10. Yeah. Yeah. At least 10. I know some of our clients get like 30 on those thank you ads. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So that just means for every dollar that we spend on Facebook, $30 comes into the business. So you spend a dollar, you make 30. That's a pretty good return on investment. (laughs) So just saying thank you. Thank you to your existing customers. And then not forgetting about them. So continuing on that communication with them, sending them different communication to any of your new customers. So really rewarding people if they've purchased from you more than once, they kind of become like a VIP to you. Treat them like that. You want to make sure that you're really nurturing your existing customers because they are so much cheaper and easier and quicker to get a repeat purchase from. These are the people you should be telling when you have a sale or when you get anything new in or when something that was out of stock maybe when they were shopping is back in stock. These are all reasons to communicate with them and to touch base and say, hey, did you know we now have this in stock or we now sell this or we've currently got this for a special price um, and don't assume that they're only going to buy once. Yes, bonus tip that I just thought of is to have the notify me on. Uh, So if something is out of stock, uh, so I was just shopping on one of our students' Menorca uh, sandals and um, they didn't have my size in these beautiful plaited um, shoes that I wanted. 39, Sylvia, can you get them in please? (laughs) And so I used the notify me so that when they do come in stock, I will get an email and I'll know, know about that and I will be the first person to go and shop from that. If she didn't have that on, she would then have to go and spend all of this money to advertise to everybody just in case there's that one person who's a size 39 who wants those sandals. But if she just has to email just me. And this worked for me the other day. 
Yeah. I got Harvey's Christmas present that I wanted for him was out of stock. I should talk quietly because he's around somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I did the notify me and I got an email yesterday to say it was back in stock. So that was perfect because I totally forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully these tips have given you some inspiration to go and have a look at your own online store and hopefully you can tweak a couple of things and just improve your online store and improve the experience that people have. And also we really hope that it inspires you to shop with a small business, another small online store because we know that every time you do, they do a little happy dance and we would love to just keep that abundance and support and confidence and optimism going within our community of online store owners. So happy dance all the way. Happy dancing, guys. Bye.